topic is vapor pressure deficit, or VPD. I'm your host, Bill Calkins, and in an effort to provide this critical information in any way you choose to consume educational content, you're going to find this in video form, podcast form, and in printed form. And I'll put all the links to those in the show notes of this video or podcast. The print article did run in the January issue of Grower Talks magazine and walked readers through some definitions related to VPD, as well as why it's an important measurement to use and how it can specifically benefit your young plant production. These videos and podcasts will go quite a bit deeper into the topic. But first, I want to introduce my guest, someone who's been a huge part of Tech On Demand since our inception, Dr. Will Healy. Will has more than three decades of experience working with greenhouses of all shapes and sizes and around the world to implement the best strategies for their unique situations. Will retired recently from Ball Horticultural Company as senior technical manager, but continues to think about ways to improve horticultural production. And for that, I am truly grateful. Will and I are going to attempt to make some fairly complex information understandable and usable in our conversation about VPD, relative humidity, and water loss in these tech on demand video and podcast episodes, where our goal is always to bring you tips, tricks, and information to produce your best crops ever. Be sure to subscribe to the Tech On Demand podcast on your favorite podcast app like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and more, and find dozens of videos on the Ball Seed YouTube channel. So as we move on to, you know, how are we going to manage this VPD? Because it's really, um, you know, I think by now, Bill, have we convinced everyone that, you know, what it is and how, why it's important? Well, yeah, I mean, it, ta- it takes that, uh, the guesswork out and it makes decisions, uh, you're basing it on on measurement versus uh, I water every Thursday. Right. And anything you can measure, you can control. And anything you control, you can use to make yourself better. Right. I mean, that's kind of the whole um, idea that we've used over the years. So let's talk a little bit about um, how do you manage VPD? Now, remember, we talked about um, dehydrated cuttings don't um, don't root uniformity uniformly. So um so what we really want to do is we want to look at each of the stages of rooting. So there's stage one where you take an unrooted cutting. This is day zero to about day three, day five, depending upon what species you have. And at this point, you want to be using a very low VPD trigger so that you're coming on very frequently. So you accumulate 0.5 and on comes the mist. So you're basically, you're keeping it very moist in the air so that you have a very consistent, uniform relative humidity, which is high, and a very consistent VPD, which is also, VPD was low, so that basically you can easily move water into the cuttings and not have to worry about the cuttings drying out. You want to make sure that you're on cycle, how long the duration is, of that nozzle basically keeps the moisture in the soil to about a level four. We don't want to be five, so it's dripping water all over because that's not a good thing. It's too wet. You want to be at about a level four. So you basically, whether you weigh the tray or you basically look at it regularly, you just want to make sure that the on duration is long enough that you get all the nozzles up not that are exposed, but that you're maintaining about a level four. 
Okay, really important because this is where people start rotting cuttings. Geraniums are really prone to this problem that if you've got a lot of rot problems, it's because you're basically, your on cycle is too long. You may have the VPD frequency correct, but how long you've got it on is too long. Let's talk about then as we move um, to the, from the stage to stage two where we're starting to form callus. This is about day four to seven. So you got fully turgid cuttings, you know, four to seven. You basically still want to have a fairly high VPD. I'm sorry, very low VPD so that you basically are keeping it very high relative humidity so that you basically have um, still keep the cuttings turgid. As we start moving towards stage three, when we've got root development, that's about day seven to day 21, when you basically, you've seen the um, swelling. So you're at basically callus four, callus five, you're starting to get little root nubs. That's when you basically need to start switching over and progressively improve, increasing your um, amount of um, VPD so that you start drying both out the soil and the air to force the plant to now start that root formation. If you keep, if you delay the increase in the VPD, so you keep it very low, what happens is that the soil starts saturating, you start forming a lot of callus, you never form any roots, um, and then suddenly the cuttings, they're turgid, but there's no root formation. So if you get out to day seven on especially easy to root products and you still don't have roots, you really need to see, are you drying that cutting out fast, that soil out fast enough by your increasing the VPD? Um, that's the trigger when it comes on frequently enough. Does that make sense that you had to use the different stages to get you through? Now, if you um, really think about it from a manual control, so some people don't have um, VPD controllers and they haven't because, and they want to say, okay, well, how can I do this if I'm just using an electromechanical um, uh, phyto, uh, phytometric, phytotronic um, systems? Basically, if we take a look at when we're trying to get callus one to five um, in day one through three, four to five, six, basically in the morning, you want to be misting during those first three days, all, you know, morning, day, evening, and night. Um, and adjusting your timing um, and frequencies so that you basically keep that mist on it so that it can keep it um, cooler and you keep it um, moist so that you're sure that they're not going to um, wilt on you. As you come into um, day four to five, remember that you uh, need to now start um, reducing the mist so that you have less frequent but you're still in the middle of the warmest part of the day, you still want to be misting so that they stay turgid. Because if you're doing this mechanically without a uh, VPD controller, you want to be doing a lot of visual. Are the cuttings um, still turgid? Are they wilting? Wilting in these during the callus formation is a bad thing. So you basically start reducing the mist, especially going into the night, which is of course your longest period in your 24 hours. And then basically you um, reduce the mist overnight to the point where there's no wilt. So that you come out as you come into day six, you have no wilt in the morning. So you still have enough mills. So you're not wilting. Then you keep the mist during the day, start reducing the mist and then keep continue to this whole um, reduced mist at night. One of the big problems I find with growers is that they continue to put a lot of mist on with their mechanical controller, which is the ones with all the little dials. So I think you've seen those, Bill. Mm -hmm. If you're using a, a VPD controller, it's automatically 
adjusting. So you don't have to shut down the mist at night with a VPD controller. You only have to do this with a mechanical controller that's not that you're doing it by hand. And as you can see, as we go through, um, you really want to be looking during the day, are we wilted or not, is your trigger point as to should we put more mist or not less mist. So this is a way you can use these principles without all the electronics and all the calculations, especially for smaller growers. This is a great way that they could use this technology or this concept to grow the plants. If you have a controller, on the other hand, what you want to be doing is you want to be looking at your various um, VPD settings, and you probably will have a couple of different programs. So you may have a green program, which is a dry rooter. Um, you basically have got um, the majority of your crops are one, and then you have another one that's a um, little um, drier, which are, is uh, wetter that needs a longer, what we call this is the hockey stick approach, so that you've got a blade and then you've got the stick part. So you can see there's a period when you have a very low VPD, and then you either ramping the stick up very rapidly or bringing it up very slowly. See like this yellow line, we bring it up because it forms roots. This particular group of plants forms roots fairly slowly. So we have to basically keep it humid longer because they dry out faster. And then we bring it up. Whereas others, we just put a little bit of mist here and then bring it up really fast. So depending upon the crop, and we'll talk a little bit more about those. So if you think about um, what we're trying to do, is during the hydration of the unrooted cutting, we basically want to have a constant VPD setting of less than one for most of these controllers. As you're going into um, callus formation, you wanna get progressively higher VPD trigger points, which is the point where you basically turn the mist back on. That's the trigger point. So you have progressively higher numbers from basically one to four. Um, and then as you go to root development, you start going up to four to 30 before you start putting on more water. So you can basically think of these simplistically, you wanna make sure you got hydrated cuttings, step one. Then you wanna get the callus formed rapidly. You wanna to get to C5, R1. And then you want that root development. Um, and as you get more and more root development, um, you can basically start drying the plants and the soil out through evapotranspiration progressively more. So you really have to think about um, what is the strategy? The strategy is to slowly increase the VPD to increase the evapotranspiration from the soil and plant to promote better and stronger root growth throughout the entire crop. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Because early on, you're on a you're on consistent mist, and then you slowly start backing it off to to make sure you're not getting any wilt. And then by the end of that root development, you're off mist, right? Oh, so you covered this slide perfectly. So different crops have different um, rooting rates and, and, and we all as propagators understand that. And that's basically how we run it. Okay. Because the whole goal, if you think about it, is you're renting rooting space. This is the most expensive space in your entire greenhouse operation. So you're really only renting it. You don't want, you know, long-term relatives who basically sit there for months and months and weeks and weeks. You basically say, okay, we're going to give these petunias, we're going to give these impatience, we're going to give these verbena. They get 21 days and they're out of here. They get 18 days and they're out of here because we got another group coming back in here. You know, we got 28 days on geraniums, we got 35 days. You know, we've got this much time that they're going to be in our highly expensive prop area. And we've got to make sure that they are moving along through callusing, through rooting R1 through R5, and they're moved on because once they get out to about R4, 
they're out of here into regular production, which is much cheaper grower growing area than it's our propagation area. So, you know, you've got to be thinking about this is how we're going to make money is we're going to keep them moving and get them moving fast and keep, and how you do it is managing the moisture, knowing that the temperatures are within the recommended. So if we think about there's usually from a VPD control standpoint, you usually think there's about three to seven different groups that you can have. You can have fast rooting groups. Um, they're five to seven days in stages one and two, as we previously talked about stages one and two. There's those moderate rooters um, that are a little bit slower. They're basically they have eight to 10 days in callus and early root development getting through R2. Um, and this is really the majority of the crops that you do. The biggest mistake group growers have is they, they combine fast rooting and moderate rooting together. And what they do is they just slow down and um, the fast rooters and cause poor root development and also subsequent disease problems. The slow rooters you really have to be aware of because they take 10 to 14 days during stage one to two. Um, and of course, what we do is you need to base it based on your facility and how that particular. So each one, um, if we take a look, there's a number of different um, fast rooting, moderate and slow rooting groups of um, the spring annuals versus the perennials up on the top. So there's a number of different um, rooting groups that you can then put in. And normally what growers will do is, is they um, will have a particular bench that is set up to be the fast rooters, another bench for the moderates. And well, there's a lot of benches for the moderate because they're the, um, they're, they, the moderates are um, <clears throat> probably the biggest group of all and the slows are another small group. So you do need to kind of set yourself up so that you've got it all set up correctly. Otherwise, when you co-mingle them, you can start running into problems. Okay, so we talked about when to turn the VPD on. What is the you know the different settings? What is the the, the um, set points that basically trigger the um, VPD on? But another part that growers have to be is um, what is the duration? How long should we be running it? And um, because you want to keep the the foliage turgid, but at the soil you don't want to have it always at a level five because at a level five we know you don't get roots. You need to be moving between a two and a four to once you start getting into the root stage. Because as we all know, fish grow in water and roots grow in air. Okay, and this is where this whole um, evapotranspiration that we talked about earlier comes into play that when we're, um, when we're ready to start forming roots, we need to make sure we got the soil wet. And this is one of the problems that growers make as they come into this root level four and beyond is that they basically are trying to use VPD to control um, with a mentality of um, rooting when they really need to be using the mentality of growing, which is basically how long should we run this mist to make sure that that soil gets all the way up to a level four? And then how long do we need to wait until we come back down to a level two. So we need to then change, switch at some point so that we're basically, what are we growing? Are we growing roots or are we growing shoots? Mm -hmm. Are we keeping the top turgid? Are we getting roots development? And this is really, when you think about it, Bill, is one of our main goals early in development of the plants, once we get them out there, is to grow roots. We want no tops, we want roots, okay? So what is the right misduration? Because really what you're trying to do is figure out how long should we turn that nozzle on once it's been triggered by the VPD setting to give us the right amount. Because the frequency times the duration tells you how much water is going into the 
soil. And all that water in the soil has to come back out through basically evaporation. So if we look at a number of different scenarios in which we did a study, um, one of the interns did where they used, they had it set at a low VPD setting versus a high VPD setting. So a low VPD setting means that it's coming on very frequently and a higher VPD um, setting means it's coming on less frequently. So you've got this high frequency versus this low frequency situation, okay? And then they went and they, they ran the nozzles for different durations, okay? So um, they did it for 2, 6, 10, 14, or 2, 6, 10, because at 14, it was a swamp. Yeah. Um, basically, um, if you take a look at those versus here, notice the amount of water that is in the tray after 72 hours. And this includes, there was evaporation going on during this time. So if you take a look at this, you see that two second intervals with a high VPD, you only, you end up with 0.3, which is your least amount of water mm -hmm. applied, which makes sense because you're not, it's not coming on very often and it's not, the duration that it's on is not very long. So the frequency and duration is short. So they're just not putting much water out there. So the tray's going to be dry. Okay. Trick question here, Bill, are you going to get good callousing in, under those conditions? Um, probably not because nope. it's not there's not enough water. Right. Like, not enough water in the soil. Conversely, you end up with it's once it gets on, it stays, it's coming on really frequently and it's staying on for a really long time. So you've got a lot of water in there. So do you think you're going to have much root rot and poor rooting under those conditions? Yeah. There's tons of water. Yeah. So that basically those trays were um, at a level five pretty consistently mm. through the entire process. After 72 hours, those first three days when you're forming callus, remember day one through three is when you're trying to put most of callus in, you're basically, you're swamping those plants and you're basically, you're just growing, growing rot. Mm. So this is where, how long they should be and the, um, the VPD setting have to be in concert to basically be looking at what is your soil. The other thing we look at is also the nozzles that we use because there's a number of different nozzles. Now we like the, um, the uh, fogget nozzle, the miss the um, very high, these four nozzle things. Um, this gives you a very fine mist. It's um, basically gives you the lowest um, fog um, amount of water out there when they do come on. So you can run it a little bit longer to get uniform spread but you're still not putting that much water and it's a fine enough droplet that you end up with a fine droplet out there, okay? Whereas if you use a coarser nozzle, this is putting a lot of water out there every time you use it, okay? And this is another way of looking at it where you look at um, the different nozzles and for different durations, the number of times per, um, per hour they were on for one minute. And as you can see, this um, VibroNet um, at 3.2 gallons per minute, um, if you put it on 12 times, you can basically um, put on about um, 160 gallons per day in this mist area. So, I mean, that's a lot of water. Mm -hmm. So, whereas over here, you're not putting much water on at all, just once and virtually none. So, you really have to be looking at what nozzles you're using 
the duration, and the frequency. And of course, it's not that complicated. You go out there and the cutting, you've got your settings, your VPD setting, you've got your duration setting and the cuttings, and you got your nozzles and the cuttings are wilted. You're not putting on enough water. Right. The cuttings are turgid, but the soil is dry. Then either you need to get a higher volume nozzle, probably not, or your longer duration to get more soil water. So, I mean, you can then start using what you're seeing, but the plants are telling you to adjust the three factors that give you the optimum conditions, which are the VPD setting, frequency of on, the duration of on, and the nozzle that you're using. And it's always better to use a low volume nozzle for longer than trying to use a high volume nozzle less during propagation. Now, when you start trying to grow roots, that's a whole different game because there you just want volume to wet them and then you can shorten the duration. So having the right nozzles, again, are a small, basically investment for what the benefits are that you can use. So we strongly recommend that growers have a number of different types of nozzles, mm -hmm. low volume, high volume to use for very specific uses versus trying to have one nozzle that does nothing well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about controllers. There are a host of controllers. You can spend a little bit of money and you can spend a lot of money. So there's um, usually some, uh, basically you go on the internet and you can put in um, environmental VPD controllers and you can get all of the ones across the top. That's what I did. Um, all of them have features and benefits. Um, it's really who you can get, what they can do for you. Do they do one, you know, they can either be one valve control they can have multiple valve controls. They can have different, um, you know, adjustments for duration because we know we want maybe you've got three different zones. You want to have three valves. Mm -hmm. In fact, you may want to have six valves. So the more valves you have, the more controllers you need so that you need to look at this. Um, you can, most of the full environmental controllers, whether it's Argus, Priva, Hortimax, there's a number of different um, larger systems. They're considerably more expensive, but then of course, they're also doing a lot more. They're controlling all of your temperatures, they're controlling all of your boilers, your water control, I mean, everything. So, you know, depending upon the size of your operation will justify what, which one you have, but there are a number of different controllers and the different levels of sophistication. As a rule of thumb, the more money you spend, the more, um, flexibility and the more control you will have. Um, and control, you really, because it's an investment in uniformity of performance. You can't just think I'm spending $25,000, $30,000 or five, $500 as a decision. What is the performance I'm gonna get at the end of the day? Because remember that single cutting in your operation could be worth anywhere between um, $2 and $5 going out the back door at the time of sale. So everyone that you don't get out on time is a loss of revenue that you could fix by just spending the money up front. So money spent up front should realize more return on the back side. So you have to look at it from that perspective and make those kinds of investments. Um, and you need to work with a greenhouse supplier um, who understands how these systems work because 
you're going to have to have a partner who can help walk you through the process. So make sure that you know who your partner is and make sure that you that they know what they're doing or that you know what you're doing so that you can make those decisions. Let's just talk a little bit about sensors that you need and some of the pros and cons because we've run into some problems with some of the sensors. Um, basically, you need two, temp two sensors. You need a temperature sensor, an air temperature sensor, and a relative humidity. Now, why I say air temperature sensor is because you need to have an ambient air, so because that gives you the best measurement of what's going on. And of course, in the olden days when we had, you know, old Honeywell um, thermostats, they would just mount a couple of thermostats inside a box and put a fan. And that was called an aspirated thermostat, meaning that there's air moving through. They weren't just sitting there in the middle. Aspirated is important because aspirated basically is sensing the entire environment of what's going on. So if you don't have a fan on it, then you're not really getting the good movement. Now, you can make them very sophisticated you can spend a lot of money. You can basically get a three inch piece of um, PVC and you put a, a, a fan in it from um, a computer fan and set your sensor in there and you've got an aspirated, um, an aspirated thermostat. But you wanna have it aspirated so it's shielded so the sun's not shining on it and it's moving the air of the environment. The relative humidity <clears throat> is important and accuracy at that 99 plus percent relative humidity is really important. And that's where um, the sensor that you're using is really important. In the olden days, basically when I was young, um, before you were born, Bill, um, we always used wet dry bulbs and wet dry bulb was state of the art in 1960. That yeah, was state of the art in 19. 1862, but wet dry bulb was how you measured it, but it's not really real accurate as we get up to 100% relative humidity. It becomes really relative as you get higher and higher. And of course, we're interested in propagation at very high levels. So they use a capacitive sensor. They're more expensive, but they are more accurate. And it's very important to have them aspirated so you don't have water collecting on them. If you get water collected on them, they don't work real well. But you need to have a good sensor and they need to be um, working accurately. Additional data that makes it more accurate, if you read up anything on um, VPD, they'll always talk about having an infrared thermometer, which is basically pointing down on the leaf surface to, because it's really is the leaf surface. In propagation, the air movement around it gives us a good indication, but the leaf temperature is very important. So if you were growing a large um, finished products where you have a canopy that you can easily point it towards and basically get that leaf temperature that works great for um, finished. But in propagation, we've run into problems where um, the view of that infrared thermometer um, basically sometimes is the leaf, mm. sometimes the soil, sometimes the benches pull away and you hit a, a heat pipe underneath or you hit the ground underneath. And let me assure you that if you start measuring things that aren't leaves, this gets really bad very fast. You know, we drowned a crop because it pointed overnight to a heat pipe, mm. which was basically... Um, saying there's no VPD in here, turn it on. So it basically ran all night. We drowned those plants. So you really have to be aware of um, the installation and how you manage it because um, what you're measuring is really important. Wind velocity is really important, especially for measuring because of the wind movement across the leaf does make a difference. But of course in propagation, we want still dead air. 
Um, if you're in growing finished plants, you do want to make sure that you have some airflow through there because that helps break up the boundary layer and helps move more water when you're finishing it and you're using VPD for finish. So wind velocity could be very important. Um, and then also the light intensity because, of course, the light heats the leaf and the leaf warms up and then loses more water or less water. But in propagation, we're highly shaded, so we don't have a lot of light. So it's kind of like... Um, I always look at it from a propagation standpoint, the infrared thermometer, um, the wind velocity and the light temperature or light intensity meters kind of overkill and actually make it more complicated. If you're using it in finished production, they're really beneficial. So you have to kind of understand what you're trying to do as far as the level of sensor technology that you're putting in there and the number of sensors that you're having. You don't have to have a lot of sensors, but you do have to have some sensors in there. So Bill, um, now that we've kind of um, talked through this whole process, um, you know, one of the things that I would like to just mention is there is this really great book called Plant Empowerment. Um, it's a do it your it's written by a, um, a group of Dutch guys um, who basically were frustrated with um, dealing with growers who really didn't understand how all of these pieces fit together. So they wrote a book um, and we'll include this in the um, in the show notes yep. for um, folks to go and look on their website. Um, a great book relative for someone who wants to dig into more of how temperature, light, can be used to empower plants to grow better. That's kind of the whole concept is let's use um, our environment to grow better plants. Um, and they've spent a lot of time on this whole issue of water movement within plants and how light and temperature and airflow all work together to improve overall environment. You know, you can use that for additional more in-depth information than what we're providing today. So do you have any questions, Bill? I really don't have any questions. I just, I just, uh, as I listen to all this, it, it occurs to me how everything works together, how the more that you measure, you know, me measuring all these different things can sound overwhelming, but certainly when, when you look at, um, kind of holistic control systems, they take all of this into account when they, when they sort of, you know, spit out the, the right ways to program your, your controls in your greenhouse. So, and I know that, you know, some of those uh, total control systems that you showed, um, I've talked to a lot of those companies and they have, you know, through new technology made it so that they really are applicable to greenhouses of all different sizes. So, you know, if, if you think, you know, wow, my greenhouse is too small to use one of these, you know, overarching control systems, it definitely time, time to look at them again. Hmm. Um, but when you talk about all the different things that, that need to be measured, um, they're really, when, when you break it down, there aren't that many different measurements no. you need. It's really, you know, you need five or six basic measurements and then the understanding of how to do, you know, either do the math or, or automate the math so that, that it gives you these output numbers and these set points that, that you need. And, you know, you know, I think for a long time, you know, it, a lot of these processes were done manually. You know, you walk in, it looks like it needs water. So you water, but perhaps it doesn't, or perhaps, you know, you're, like you said, you're dumping water on the top, but not really driving, you know, the, the moisture that's needed in the soil. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you, you broke it down in a, a very understandable way. Um, I think that if the listeners and viewers couple it with the article that, that we worked on and, 
and some of the other resources I'll add into the show notes, the water by weight um, and, and some of the rehydration things that, that we've talked about in the past, it, it does tell a pretty, uh, I don't want to say a simple story, but a story that's, that's understandable and can be implemented um, fairly, fairly easily into an operation if you want to take the time to make these changes in your, in your production strategies. Well, and, you know, after dealing with growers all over the world and talking to them, I think you really talked, you you hit it on the head. You know, one, the technology is getting cheaper and getting more useful information. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and since when I first started in horticulture, um, I had a professor who talked about the five factors of plant growth, Mm -hmm. light, temperature, nutrition, water, and the air, Mm -hmm. air pollution. Okay. Light, it is what it is. Either you're going to pay money to put lights in and turn them on to maintain a minimum DLI, or you're not, okay? The temperature has got to be the right temperature, okay? You got to feed your plants. You shouldn't have gases in there because you've got incomplete combustion, which is causing air pollution problems. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you as a grower can only control really one thing. You really think about it. There's only one thing that you want control and that's water. Water. It's water. Everything else kind of is, if you think about it, it's this bowling alley that's got these bumper pads there. You can't can't move outside of these temperatures. You can't move outside of this nutrition levels. You can't move outside of this light intensity. But the one thing you can do as a grower is water. And the, the thing I've learned, you know, after many years of frustration and growers finally explaining it to me, because growers always explain everything that makes sense, um, is that VPD is a tool. It's an important tool that you can use to dictate and indicate what you should do. So if you have really high VPD accumulation, the plants are drying out. Mm -hmm. If you have really low VPD accumulation over time, the plants are not. And the action is very straightforward from that. If they're drying out very fast, what should you do, Bill? Well, you need to apply the right amount of water at the right time, duration, and amount. Right. And if you're not drying up, if there's a very low VPD, withhold water exactly so it's you know it's a very powerful tool that helps you understand what should i do to improve my overall plant quality there's all kinds of science that explains it but as my professor said back in um well let's just say many years ago um it's all about water guys that's what we're going to talk about this for six weeks Mm -hmm. and i thought he was crazy Mm -hmm. But sometimes people aren't crazy. They're just more knowledgeable than others. And so hopefully, you know, we spent some time here today, Bill, kind of talking about something that I have finally learned after um, 40 years of beating my head against the wall, trying to solve problems that um, not that the world is simplistic, but if you've you've got the right moisture, you've got the right light intensity, you've got the right, um, you don't have any air pollution and you're feeding your plants, it kind of boils down to you got your water wrong. Yeah. Why do you have disease? It's too humid. Why do you have fungus natural flies? 
floors are too wet. Why do you have um, too many aphids? Well, the plants are really soft. Why are the plants soft? Soft plants are wet plants. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of boils back to how am I managing my, my water? And that's pretty much what I found. So makes sense. It makes sense. And and you referenced uh, some of the things that we've talked about in the past uh, related to, to moisture management and, and watering. Uh, and a lot of those are available through our tech on demand resources. And you can find dozens, if not hundreds of resources from tech on demand online. Uh, every week I send a newsletter covering a range of technical topics. They tend to be very timely. Uh, using uh, uh, information that I find uh, being passed through horticultural channels, as well as some of the experts that I collaborate with. We've created a ton of video for uh, greenhouse professionals of all skill levels. If you're looking for ways to train new team members or refresh on, on topics that, that are critical to production, be confident we have a video on it. And then the Tech on Demand podcast is a great way to take some of this educational information on the go. And last but not least, I would encourage everyone who's viewing and listening to this presentation to join the Greenhouse Tech Team Facebook group. You can find that on Facebook just by searching Greenhouse Tech Team, answer a couple questions, and I will let you right in to the peer-to-peer uh, -peer community with more than 4,000 of your peers to... Uh, to discuss all sorts of topics, ask questions, and find resources. So, Will, thank you so much for your time. And anytime you think of another topic to share with the listeners and viewers and me, you know the door is always open for you, which which you know. And and I truly appreciate your your knowledge and, and your willingness to share this information. Thanks, Bill. It's been great fun. Absolutely. And I'm Bill Calkins with Tech on Demand, and on behalf of our entire team. And the folks at Ball and Ball Publishing, thanks for listening and watching and take care out there.